Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jettikin. Don't worry, Desi, I'll pull up our Patreon. <laughs> I was like, I should do that. I'll, I'll take that okay. out of the beginning. Let me take this time to say hey to the ladies on our Facebook uh, friend group. Hi. They're so sweet over there. It is really They're really sweet. nice, everybody. So everyone should go over there uh, and join the group if you want. We talk about cases. And it's a bunch of nice, really fun people. Whenever and I'm having a rough day <laughs> and I get a notification from our Facebook group, whether it's just a... Hey, love your show or some weird news story right. that someone thinks we would like, which we always do. Yeah. I it makes me feel happy. It is. It's really fun. It makes I do day. too. I go there and it does make me happy too yeah. to hear nice things. Because it's like bad things all the time <laughs> on the internet. So it's like a very nice place on the internet. Yeah. So you should join it. It's called Hollywood Crime Scene Friends. Right. That's the yeah. name of our Facebook group. Uh -huh. Okay, so we had some Patreon contributors this week. Thank you guys very much. Our Patreon page, we feature bonus episodes. And this episode that we're doing today actually was spawned from a bonus episode that we've done in the past. So if you want to hear the episode that inspired this episode, go over to patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This week... We had Annalise, Jessica, Kelsey, Sophia, Lindsay, Muffy. Can I just say I love that name, Muffy? Yeah, it's great. I've always loved that name. Me too. Love it. Amanda, Kay, Rachel, Gunk. I like that name too. It's sort of the opposite spectrum <laughs> of Muffy. Yeah, Muffy is sweet. And, and puffy. And, and fluffy. Like, and like a fairy. Yes. I think of like... Yeah. Like a little cute. Yeah. And it's then so gunk sweet. is like very hardcore. Yeah. Gunk I don't know. Is like I'm assuming this is a, this is a, a nickname. Right. He's but. like a Gigi Allen fan. No. Totally. <laughs> he is a Gigi Allen fan. Uh, or she. Uh, uh, and Chrissy. Oh. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Okay. So, Desi, we are talking today about a man <clears throat> named Scotty Bowers. Wait, what was the episode? Is this from the Nancy Reagan one? No, it's from the Charles Lawton and the shit sandwich episode. <laughs> okay. Which, as you can imagine, that is a literal, that title is literal to what right. the... It's not like a metaphor. Right. Uh -huh. So this guy, and, and I, that is one of the most outrageous episodes I think we've ever done. Right. On our Patreon. Was it was the, like an urban legend about Charles Lawton. Which, after reading this book, I don't think it was an urban legend. I think it was <laughs> gospel. I will tell you that. I will tell you that right now. So, this book, Scotty Bowers, Full Service, My Adventures in Hollywood and the Secret Lives of the Stars. This book is a tell-all of what has, he has been called the pimp, like Hollywood's biggest pimp, basically. Yeah. This is pre-Heidi Fleiss. This, this is, is from the golden age of Hollywood. The golden like, like age of Hollywood. And 60s, right? 40s and... 40s, okay. Uh, from the 40s to the 60s. Um, so this guy didn't just pimp out women. He was pimping out men, too. A lot of men. Uh, you know, there's stories all the time about studios back in those days putting together sham marriages sort of like right or dating like dating. putting celebrity like ingenues together with like a closeted older gay actor right or something yeah uh -huh. because it was not acceptable to right. be gay and out then uh especially, especially if you were like a leading man right uh -huh. they wanted to sell tickets and they wanted the girls to come flocking to see their spencer tracy's and their clark gables and they didn't want him to be gay obviously back in the 40s and 50s it was not as socially acceptable it's still tough for people to come out and be a celebrity. I mean, there is such a stigma today. It's like people, it's like almost like Hollywood doesn't trust gay actors to play any other role other right. than Once a gay person. Right, once they're out, then they can't play a straight love interest or whatever. Yeah, right. it's, it's absurd. So Scotty Bowers said this about his book. I don't need the money. 
I finally said, yes, because I'm not getting any younger and all of my famous tricks are dead by now. The truth can't hurt them anymore. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> I, I do too. I love a tell-all. And this Me too. tells all. I mean, I'm, I didn't even finish the whole book and this book was like 500 pages. So there is more stuff for bonus episodes oh, down cool. the road. I Good. mean, there is just the there stories. Was a, it was chock full. So Scotty Bowers was born George Albert Bowers on July 1st, 1923 in Ottawa, Illinois. Before moving to Los Angeles, he served in the Marines in World War II. When he arrived in L.A., it was 1946, and he was in his early 20s and working at a gas pump attendant station in Hollywood, not too far from here, actually. A lot of the stories take place not too far from right. here. A customer approached Scotty and offered him $20 for sexual services. This man was Walter Pigeon, an actor who starred in the <laughs> film Mrs. Minerva. Do you know who Walter yeah, Pigeon is? Okay. He's also referred to in the story as the Pidge or Pidge. Oh, That's cute. what he liked to be called, right. Pidge. I love, I love the idea that you're just at your job and you get into sex work just on a whim. Right. <laughs> but he's like, well, should I? <laughs> yeah, and he... Uh, I mean, I don't know what his... Well, we're going to get into his backstory, yeah. which is pretty interesting, uh, to say the least. But this, I mean, talk about coming into L.A., and like literally just falling in with the stars right. immediately. Right, at a gas station of all places. This guy wants to fuck you. Yeah. So this guy, Walter Pigeon, he offers him $20. And I don't know how much $20 was back in those days, 1946. It's probably I, like 100 and something, right? Probably. I mean, in this book, he's talking about how like when I went to the movies, the ticket used to be a dime. And Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm so. sure $20 is pretty good. Right. Scotty told his boss that he had to leave work for the day and he got in Walter's car and they drove up to Walter's home in Beverly Hills. At the house, Walter introduced Scotty to his friend Jack Potts. Jacques. Jacques Potts. Jacques Potts. Walter told Scotty to feel free to take a dip in the pool. No need for a swimsuit, he said. <laughs> That's the oldest trick in the book. Totally. And Scotty took him up on that. He jumped in the pool and swam around naked for a while while Walter <laughs> and his friend Jacques were inside the house talking. Later, the three of them had what Scotty describes as really hot sex for an hour. Was Scotty gay? Bisexual. A bisexual. Yes. Okay. So as a bisexual myself, I am honored to be doing a story about, about another bisexual icon today right. i'm also honored i know <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say also this story uh after last week's episode which was so gruesome and horrific we right. decided to this, do a funny to do a fun lighter sort of story that right. isn't like this isn't there's no crime murder. Yeah, yeah there's no like murder and stuff and it's just hot crimes and it's also <laughs> a fuck you to the people who have left uh a few one-star reviews saying that we're too vulgar. Right. So this episode is going to be very Look, fucking bitches, disgusting. we have an explicit fucking warning on our show. We curse a lot because we don't care. Did you expect this was like... Don't listen to explicit content. Are we Sarah Koenig? No, we're not Sarah Koenig. <laughs> we're not fucking NPR. Right. Come on. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not why you listen to our show. Go listen to something else. Right. So Jacques... Uh, who was really named Jack. Right. I he mean, I thought that sounded like a fake name. He wanted to sound more fancy. Right. Jack was a hat maker to the stars. That, that's what he did. And both men who had just fucked Scotty were married. Again, these sort of beard marriage yeah. situations. Walter would continue to pay Scotty for his services. And Scotty said that Walter's favorite was to give Scotty a BJ while he jacked off. Which... A lot of the guys in this store in this book were into that getting um, giving BJ's and jacking off at the same time. I wonder if they had some weird logic that it was less gay that way. <laughs> like I'm not coming from you. <laughs> I'm making myself come while you come in my mouth. <laughs> I don't There's know. a lot of twisted logic. I think sometimes when they, I can't remember if I told you the story, but I had a friend who was dating someone that she was suspicious that he might be gay. Not that she cared, but she was like, well, I don't want to be in a relationship if you think you're gay right. type deal. And he's like, I am not gay. I have never had um, a dick in my ass. And I have 
never sucked a dick. So we were cracking up because we're like, so you fucked an ass <laughs> and you've had your dick sucked because it was such a specific denial. Like right. he had never done these two versions of things. And I was like, oh, he probably thinks like the other things are more less bottomy or whatever. Like, right. It was just like such a, so I do think like there are these little workarounds that they do with themselves. Like this isn't technically gay. Right. I'm just pleasuring myself with a man. Like, <laughs> right, 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 you know what right. I mean? Like. So I'm sure, and I'm sure there was like a lot of self-denial right. among a lot of these people for various reasons. Uh, Scotty at the time was living with his girlfriend, Betty, and the two had a daughter named Donna in 1947. So he got married to a woman at some point. Yes. Okay. The, he got married to a woman named Betty, and they had a good relationship. They weren't, you know, they had a healthy sexual relationship right. with each other. Betty kind of knew what he was up to and didn't really care. according to Scotty. Yeah. (laughs) That's my favorite. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. It's like those guys who are in open relationships. Right. And And you're like, is the wife fucking other people too? Or is that just... (laughs) Is that just you that's okay with it? Not that I don't think people can be polyamorous. Right. But there is just the type of guy Look, there's certain guys who I question if their wife actually does know. Right. When they hit on me and they're like, you know I'm in an open relationship, right? (laughs) Well, that's not what your wife says. Right. Yeah. Or I don't care. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So she never questioned his whereabouts. Scotty even began arranging for his fellow young co-workers at the gas station to turn tricks for these older, rich Hollywood guys. Pimping at this point. Yes. But the thing about Scotty is that he actually never took a cut. For any of his matchmaking services. Oh, that's he nice. just liked making matches and recruit and saying, hey, well, this guy will fuck you for $20. He's a mensch. And this guy, <laughs> he was a real mensch. He, he really just did it for his love of setting people up and being right. connected and making fuck friends. Yeah. And he would take money himself when he would fuck right. these guys. But, but he not a cut of people. Never took yeah. a cut. So he doesn't consider himself a pimp. Or that he was running uh, like a, a ring of any kind. Right. He's just a matchmaker. He was a matchmaker. He was the guy to go to. And this gas station in Hollywood, it's... Uh, it started pumping. It nope. was <laughs> fucking pumping and popping. So this was, like you said, this was the hot spot. Everyone knew to go to Richfield Gas Station on Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, it's like literally, it's Hollywood, it was Hollywood and Van Ness. It's not there anymore. Okay. But it's pretty close to here, like yeah. in the area. And Scotty, well, go see Scotty Bowers at Richfield Gas on Hollywood Boulevard. He'll set you up. That's, that's what he said people would say. This um, drew people from all corners of the industry. They sought out Scotty to set him up with uh, various people from uh, that worked in Hollywood from hairdressers to makeup artists, writers, set decorators, casting agents. And it wasn't just the men who would end up coming to Scotty. Eventually lesbians got word and they were coming to Scotty too because oh. they wanted some action. And Scotty knew all the, he was involved in the underground gay scene heavily okay. so in he Los Angeles. He had connections. He knew who would fuck you. Right. Who was, you know, queer in Hollywood back in these days. He also himself really enjoyed having sex for money. This is what Scotty said about that in his book. I was blessed with a very healthy sexual appetite. I wanted sex every day. I was proud of my dick and I was happy to share it. Not once did I ever have trouble getting an erection and I always came. Always. I was proud of the size of my load too. Even after I'd already come two or three times earlier on the same day or evening, I was blessed with a great sexual constitution. Why hide it? I like that he says, I was proud of my dick as if every guy isn't proud of their dick. (laughs) Right. But he is proud of his load, too. So that's unique. Yeah, I feel like that's not something most guys think of. We don't talk about the load. load. We talk about the dick, but we don't talk about the load. Right. And. You know, sometimes guys can have a very weak load, like in uh, the John Bobbitt porn. Right. That he was had a sad a load. Very sad load. Yeah. I so, mean, Scotty Bowers probably saw that and was like, no. He had a strong, <laughs> healthy, virile load. Right. Oh, I've just, why did you bring that up? I had forgotten about that load. That was a bad load. It was such a bad load. Oof. Okay. So one night, 
Scotty got a call from Cole Porter. Ooh. Everyone knows, well, if you don't know who Cole Porter is, he is a very famous lyricist. He wrote Anything Goes, the musical, and Kiss Me Kate. Right. Uh, you know his songs. Yeah. I mean, he, he's written like all of those, like so many standards. Yes. Songs that would become standards from back in the day. So Scotty gets this call from Cole Porter, and he was interested in being set up with a few Marines. And since Scotty was a former Marine, he could h- hook him up with some of his ex-Marine buddies. So Scotty and three ex-Marines went to Cole's rental house in Beverly Hills that Saturday night, and that's where Scotty learned of Cole's passion for giving blowjobs. Cole Porter also loved the taste of cum and could suck off 20 guys in a row, one after the other. I didn't know I had so much in common with Cole Porter. <laughs> Cole was apparently out to anyone who knew him and quite slutty. Right. People were like, yo, he's gay. Yeah. But like professionally. You just didn't talk about it. He was straight and married professionally, but he was definitely gay. Uh, Scotty's entrepreneurial spirit began at an early age. In 1933, while living in Chicago with his mom and siblings, the family was struggling to make ends meet. Scotty became a newspaper boy and shoeshine. One day, he caught the eye of a priest in his 40s. Oh, boy. This <laughs> it's exactly where the story mean, goes. I mean, yeah. This story is, is insane. Okay. This story, I, I was like reading this like, wh- what? Like, <laughs> okay. So he caught the eye of a priest in his 40s. The priest invited him back to his place and paid Scotty to give him a hand job. Scotty was also receiving oral sex from the priest for money. Scotty did not think that there was anything wrong with this. Soon the priest began recommending Scotty to his other priest friends. And I so just that priest was kind of like Scotty. <laughs> I just wrote down in my notes, holy shit. Like where <laughs> the thing that was crazy to me about this chapter that he wrote about how he thinks he got into sex work right. was basically his story of being molested. Yeah. For... I mean, this is a sexual abuse story, this not is... like a here's how I got my story. <laughs> he frames it in the book which is so wild to me like right and he's just like yeah this these i had a collection of priests in the neighborhood i like how he this is his entrepreneurial spirit right like i did paper boy and i fucked a lot of priests it's so wild it's really wild so scotty spent a weekend with carrie grant and his side piece randy scott yes carrie grant had a side piece yes uh, a lot of sucking at this weekend. Like mostly, he said mostly sucking, not a not a lot of fucking. Okay. And but who was sucking and who was? Like, everyone was sucking. Everyone each was other. sucking each other. Yeah, there okay. was a lot of blowjobs happening this weekend. Both Randy and Carrie were married to women, but the two men had an ongoing sexual relationship with one another. Another guy that Scotty was friends with was Tyrone Power, who we talked about in the Lana Turner, didn't we talk about him in Lana Turner? Uh We found out he was a creep. Yes. Well, there's plenty of stories about Tyrone Power (laughs) in this. Um, Tyrone Power, he was another one of Scotty's sexual partners. Once he and Tyrone had sex with a 16-year-old girl at a hotel downtown, and Scotty describes Tyrone's sexual appetite as, quote, healthy and inventive. Hmm. Well... It was pretty inventive. Tyrone Powers was really into golden showers. He loved being pissed on. Oh. And he even liked it when young women would shit on him. Wow. Right. So that's inventive. Tyrone Powers <laughs> is what Scotty Bowers calls a doo-doo queen. Oh. And there's more doo-doo queens? <laughs> yes. Is Charles 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 Lawton is also a doo-doo queen. Wow. So, uh, yeah, he says, you know... I mean, no shame, but that is just the one thing I don't get. That is a hard line. Yeah. That, I mean, there is no crossing that line. That line is like, it's so hard. Yeah. It you must don't be a very it. small percentage of people who are into that, I would think. But I don't know. Apparently, they're all in Hollywood. I, I, <laughs> couldn't be me. We're a sick, sick town. Right. <laughs> According to Scotty, he fixed Catherine Hepburn up with 150 women. Wow. The two became good friends over the years. There was a lot of um, great Catherine Hepburn stories in this book, not about her sex life, but about her male co-stars bitching about her to Scotty 
Oh, good. That she, it was just I love funny. Her. I love Catherine Hepburn. Who Me doesn't too. love Catherine Hepburn? But her male coasters, oh my God, she's such a bitch. Da, 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 yeah, yeah, like, just being shady about her behind her back to Scotty and ranting. But they became really good friends over the years. They had a long lasting friendship. Oh, cool. And, you know, it makes sense. Scotty was getting girls for Catherine and she could keep her sham marriage, or it wasn't a marriage, it was like a sham relationship that the press concocted with Spencer Tracy right. for her to have. So obviously this was a sham as Catherine was a lesbian. Yeah. And he said that, you know, I mean, Catherine Hepburn was famous for sort of pushing like gender boundaries in terms of the way that she dressed. Right. She, she wore, wore pants. And she stuff. wore pants a lot. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, and back then that was more. That was an insane. It was like, wow, woman's wearing pants. She's a gender bender. <laughs> Like for the time, right? It was like a. Well, there were a few stars who did that. Like Marlena Dietrich would also wear pants, and I, I do remember like the photos were kind of like, "What is she?" Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like hilarious to me that it was right. so just pants was. Like, it was so taboo. Yeah, and but she was a lot more butch in private in her day to day life. Right. She never wore right. This was glamour pants kind of stuff like right. silky, drapey, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And she had all her hair and makeup. Like she liked to keep it. Scotty said she liked to have a close cropped haircut and she didn't like to wear makeup and she was very androgynous looking. Yeah. Otherwise when she wasn't on when set. She was on set, yeah. Right. Errol Flynn was really into young girls. Oh yes. I think my grandpa actually worked on a movie with Errol Flynn. And I got to tell you, Desi, when I first downloaded this book to my phone, the first thing I searched for was my great grandfather's name, just in case. <laughs> because I didn't want any, I was like, I, I'm going to get some surprise. I, what if I get some surprises right. when I read this book? My great grandfather worked for Warner Brothers for like 50 years from 1929 to the seventies. He was the first script supervisor in Hollywood. And I, I was like, am I going to learn some stuff today? Like you'll never heard of this guy before, but he used to <laughs> love to fucking suck. <laughs> Grandpa was not, I mean, I wouldn't have, uh, whatever. Grandpa was not in the book, but I had to search. Right. Just course. because he knew Just all he these, yeah. he knew all these people. He worked with all these people. Right. I was fucking curious. He, Grandpa's not in the book. Uh, I wish he was alive to do this podcast today though. Yeah. That would be great. That would be fun. So Errol Flynn liked young girls. Scotty said that Errol was such a drunk that he could not follow through with the sex. So Scotty would have to take over. I love this story that he told about Errol Flynn because it was always like Errol getting shit-faced drunk, bragging about how good his dick was and how I'm going to dick you down, like, ladies, yeah. and being like... Be prepared to be bust open. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would, like, just try and like force this wet noodle into a pussy afterwards Ugh. and Scotty would have to take over. This still exists today. Right. I'm yeah. like, this is very relevant right. to today's society. Just like the people who talk about it all the time on social media. Right. Just like, I want to eat pussy all day, all night. Well, it's only the guys that I worry about. Right, the guys. It's the guys. Right. Like, I mean, this guy was very braggadocious right. about how and good he was. it's typical that he was not good. No. There's no way. And he would just like fall down drunk, fall asleep with, with the, his whiskey dick. With his whiskey dick. And wake dick. up thinking that he literally busted every pussy in the oh, hotel. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I'm sure Scotty humored him. And all, yeah, all of his people were like, you were great, Errol. You passed out <laughs> mid-cum. <laughs> you, you exhausted yourself. <laughs> so in the 40s and 50s, it was very common for the LAPD to target gay and lesbian bars and to come up with pretty shady reasons to arrest queer people they wanted to arrest for like like indecent yes and stuff like that and like, they would arrest like if someone was taking a pee in an alleyway right. they would arrest out by a gay bar they would arrest that person and say oh it's indecent exposure and then when the person would say wait a minute i'm just taking a pee they would say oh well now you're resisting right. arrest so they would find reason they would find all these stupid fucking reasons i mean that is like a huge part obviously of queer history is cops fucking with the community and even happened in more modern times with like george michael like kind of how they would go to these places right that were kind of like hook up spots and sort of harass them and yeah harass them. i mean it still happens today yeah. so the cops 
really in LA, they really liked arresting rich queer people because they could extort them. Ooh. And they would, and then they get the studio money too, probably. Right. Yeah. And say, we'll print this in the papers that your oh. boy or your producer or whoever was. was hot. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. Caught at a gay bar and we'll ruin him. So they, the, these cops were just disgusting all across the board. Um, defense attorneys Harry Weiss and Sheldon Andelson, not to be confused with Sheldon Adelson, this is a different guy. Sheldon Andelson became known for defending members of the LGBT community. Both of these men were themselves gay. Harry Weiss actually owned four gay bars in L.A., and Harry lived a few blocks east of here when he met Scotty Bowers. But uh, he would eventually amass enough wealth to move out of my neighborhood and <laughs> over to Beverly Hills, just right. as an aside. So, um, but I, you know, Scotty got to know these defense attorneys because so many people he was connected to all those people. right were getting arrested i just thought that i mean i just thought that was an interesting bit of history on a warm spring night in 1950 carrie grant and his partner randy scott remember them yes asked scotty if he would tend bar at their party at their home behind the chateau marmont so carrie grant and his lover randy had their own house together right i mean i know about that relationship it's pretty right well known right i mean i won't i mean like can you imagine having that kind of money where you're like and i have a house just for me and my side piece it's so good it's everyone's dream <laughs> everyone's dream you always need a spare house for your shenanigans <laughs> I mean, yeah 
Like, or like a friend who goes out of town a lot and is like, do whatever you need. (laughs) Right. Okay, so Scotty agreed to bartend. And the party was a costume party, and the women were gorgeous and all scantily clad. I'm, like, dying hearing about the descriptions of these parties right. in this Sounds book. Sounds so amazing. They sound so fabulous. And, like, some of these houses. I mean, Scotty was, like, everywhere. Like, I mean, he wasn't a rich guy either. Right. But he was going to, like, the Hearst Castle. He was hanging out with royalty, like the Duke and Duchess of... Windsor who were using his services as well so I mean he hung out like he knew everybody and he fucked everybody too so Scotty more importantly importantly, (laughs) he didn't just know them it's like that famous Alan Strickland Williams line I don't want to know if I made you come I want to know if I made you think (laughs) I'm sure I said that wrong I think that's right but I want to know both (laughs) I love that we quoted him. I know. <laughs> like he's you a, guys, our friend. Our friend. <laughs> say really good things. <laughs> okay. So there was a lot of sucking and fucking going at on at the party, obviously. Now, was it just all types there? Gays, lesbians, straight, Bisexuals. Bisexuals. Yes. So every, it was like an, everyone was fucking everybody. Yeah. I mean, it was the a, women were there for a reason. Uh, like they, they were having sex. They weren't just there as like a show. No, to show, people like, yeah. were there because it was a raucous party. Right. And they knew some sex was going to go down. Mm-hmm. Another guest in attendance was Vincent Price. Ooh. I got so excited when I saw I his him. name in the book. I adore Vincent. And Scotty had been fucking Vincent for money for years. So they knew each other. They were acquaintances. And at the time of this party, Vincent was just 39 years old and the star of several films, but he had not yet entered his horror movie foray yet at this point which he is most known for i think so scotty describes sex with vincent as quote erotic tantalizing fulfilling oh that makes me happy (laughs) it really made my heart warm to read that i feel like he's a good person that's my opinion (laughs) and he is he is he is definitely a good person he said the sex with him was high class all the way i'm sure it was scotty also says that vincent price had a or was a fantastic cook you know what? Someone recently invited me to something that was, I can't remember. It was related to Vincent Price and it made recipes from his Mexican cookbook. What? They, so the food that was provided at the event were recipes from his Mexican cookbook. And then I, it made me look, I couldn't go to the thing. Right. Um, but then I, I was like researching the cookbook. So yes, I think he was a good cook to the right. point where he actually wrote a cookbook. I want, I want this, I want this I know, cookbook. I want to try the recipes. I want this cookbook. So, uh, yeah, he was a very cultured guy. He loved art, uh, literature, and he just was a fantastic, sensitive lover, according. Aww. And Vincent was a bisexual, actually. Um, at the end of 1950, Scotty quit his job at the gas station, and thus Hollywood's most popular one-stop cruising location ceased to exist. The gas the gas station owner was probably like, hey, where's all my business? Well, the funny thing is, is that the gas station owner was none the wiser this whole time. Right. He did not even know, even though at one point during the gas, the five years that Scotty was there, you know, tricking and matchmaking, there was glory holes that were drilled into the bathrooms there. Yeah. And the... The guy, I don't know anything's going on. He just thought it was a really popular gas station. So I wonder if his business severely decreased. It had to decrease a bit, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone was going to this gas station. Uh, Many of his customers were disappointed in that Scotty had to leave the station, but there were other, you know, gay bars around in Hollywood. One which was called Streets of Paris that was famous for its glory holes. The bathroom at the club had about six or seven holes for sticking your dick into. Scotty helped build a swanky new club in West Hollywood on La Cienega called the 881 Club. He ended up tending bar there at this club, and it sort of became the new gas station. People were following him to this club. Hey, can you set me up? Can you set me up? They knew where to find him. They knew where to find him. It was a really popular spot amongst the Hollywood elite. By the mid-50s, Scotty had befriended Spencer Tracy. Spencer asked if Scotty could come over to take a look at his hot water heater. 
I use that line all the time. <laughs> I thought that was like a really good. Okay. Hey, you want to come over and take a look at my hot water heater? Right. Bomb chicka bow bow. <laughs> Case screech. <laughs> so, hold on. Scotty ended up staying over for a long time. Oh. And he did not just check on his water heater. He checked on a few other things as well. Spencer got really drunk and went from debonair leading man to blubbering sad sack, which I thought was hilarious. I know he does. He's like, oh, but like. Well, he's super Catholic too, right? Like Spencer Tracy. Like that was the whole reason they, they gave for. The fact that he didn't divorce his right. wife and, and go with Catherine Hepburn exactly. was that he was devoutly Catholic and he would never uh, get divorced. So I'm sure right. he had a lot of that. Catholic I'm sure he had a lot of guilt. So he's a drunk, blubbering mess, and he spent the night bitching about Catherine Hepburn oh. to Scotty, just ta- just talking trash. Yeah, nothing God, like. I would love to have someone talk trash to me like that. <laughs> oh. Like, I don't get enough trash talk. No. I need some trash talk. I need some good trash talk yeah. in my life. So Spencer gets undressed and he begs Scotty to stay with him. And Scotty says that he held him like a little baby. Ugh, what a turn off. <laughs> a, crying, a crying naked man Ugh, asking I mean, you to I'm stay. I'm physically ill right now thinking of it. No one wants that. <laughs> He lay his head down at my groin, took a hold of my penis, and began nibbling on my foreskin. Ugh. I'm honestly, I don't know if I can even take this. I'm sorry. Nibbling is such a gross descriptor. That sounds so painful. Yeah. I mean, kind of. I don't know. Guys, does your foreskin hurt if someone nibbles on it? In what world is that attractive? That's what I want to know. Right. He's probably like, oh, I'm just taking a little nibble. I'm not really (laughs) doing anything homosexual. (laughs) How do you not nibble it? It's just that skin's just hanging there. Well, and also, what if you want to tug on it like a baby, like a mama cat (laughs) (laughs) eating her the placenta? (laughs) Sorry, I don't know where I'm going. Well, and also, that implies that his dick was soft at this point, too. Right, because the, the foreskin... Because the foreskin's like... Look, we know all dicks. <laughs> we know how dicks work. <laughs> we have an encyclopedic knowledge of dicks, Desi and I. Between the two of us? Come on. It's a directory. Oh, that's our first book. The Dick Directory? <laughs> no, the Encyclopedia of Dicks. <laughs> okay. Okay. I we like can get it. someone to illustrate them, <gasps> like scientific illustrations. Right. That'll be our first big Patreon perk. Okay. <laughs> well... Desi, they ended up fucking. Surprise, surprise. I always need to know how. Like, what was the fucking? Like, did they have? Like, what What does that mean, they fucked? That means penetration, right? Like, Yes. Uh-huh. So they fucked. It did not say whether or not Spencer Tracy was a bottom or a top. Who cares? They fucked. I think the story's amazing because in the middle of the night, Spencer got up to pee, but he didn't make it to the bathroom. He peed so he didn't get a UTI? I don't think that works with guys. I don't either. (laughs) No, he got up in the middle of the night because he was wasted at four in the morning and he had to take a piss. Got it. And he was stumbling around the apartment looking for the bathroom, like fumbling around. Was he in Scotty's apartment? No, they're at Spencer Tracy's house. Okay, yeah, yeah. He couldn't find his own bathroom. That's how drunk he was still at four in the morning, stumbling around. So he pissed on his drapes. And then he opened the closet door and pissed in there. I mean, let... Those among us who have not <laughs> pissed on our drapes cast the first stone. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay. Who hasn't so been drunk. there? I mean, it's amazing that they fucked if he was that drunk. Right. So that's some stamina. Look, in my drinking days, I peed in some very questionable places. So I feel like Errol Flynn should feel like a complete idiot because <laughs> Spencer Tracy's like, here's how it's done. <laughs> here's how you stay hard when you're drunk. Right. Come on. Come on. Come on, Errol. Come on. What was he? Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Come on, Robin. Robin No Hood, because I like him uncircumcised. (laughs) I like him uncut. (laughs) But um, so the next morning, Spencer gets up, makes some breakfast, drinks some orange juice, pretended like nothing had happened the night before. Ideal date. Total ideal (laughs) date. But they ended up fucking. They were fuck buddies. So they they fucked long like for a while. Yeah, they continued to have sex with each other. Did they ever fuck when he wasn't drunk? Do you know? Yeah. I mean, they were never not drunk, probably. Right. So during this time, Scotty was bartending and hosting cocktail parties pretty regularly, which um, Scotty also, he didn't drink alcohol. I don't, he wasn't an alcoholic. He just didn't drink. 
Right. So Scotty was hard all the time. Yeah. He was ready to go all the time. Um, and he was famous for his party trick called the swizzle stick trick. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Okay. <laughs> this is an excerpt from Scotty's book. Since nature endowed me with a cock, of which I have always been proud, I would often whip it out and stir drinks with it. Folks loved that. <laughs> That's like a classic guy line. Women love it. It's like, uh. You sure? <laughs> At mixed parties where the women knew me well enough, I would also do it. People loved to order cocktails and watch me stir them with my flaccid penis. No Why one, is he? No. No one wants to see a flaccid penis. Why in their is he drink. stirring? How do you stir it with a flaccid penis? It seems like a lot of work. It seems like it, everything. Even if it's hard, you have to really push it down. Right. To stir, right? It seems like the drink would just be sloshing everywhere. Just dunk your balls in it. Right. I feel like that's a great trick. Be a gentleman, dunk your balls. <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, I would always add ice to my drink only after I'd stirred it. Oh. Why is that needless to say you still stuck your dick in it? Well, was it because Oh, because like it was cold? cold. Oh, yeah. But, I guess so. So it wasn't like, oh, I'd lose my I'd shrink. Maybe he didn't want to shrink because he was very proud of his big cock. Right. Um, I don't know how science works. I don't <laughs> think I'm a fan of the swizzle stick trick. Eh, it doesn't thrill me. It does not. I don't really if, care if other people do it, but I wouldn't be like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I wouldn't be that amused. No. I'd be irritated after the second time, quite frankly. <laughs> I'd be like, just make me the drink. Yeah, give me the drink. Just give me the drink. Just fucking dip your finger in it if you must. <laughs> in the 50s, Scotty began hanging out and working with, uh, oh, excuse me, not working with, fucking uh, Raymond Navarro. Raymond loved cum. Now, for oh. those of you who don't know who Raymond Navarro is, he was a very famous heartthrob. Mexican-born, gorgeous man. Is his name Raymond or Ramon? Ramon. Okay. Raymond. Ramon Navarro loved cum. He referred to it as honey. Scotty would bring five or six guys over to Ramon's house where he would each, like, he would take each of these guys into his bedroom and suck them off one at a time. And just swallow those loads. Right. And Raymond like would... Like a good girl. <laughs> right. Like a good girl. He'd swallow the loads. And he didn't even ask for anything in return. He just wanted cum so bad. Wow. And Raymond was also a drunk. So he would get wasted. And by the time he was done sucking off this round of guys, he would go back to the first one and say, all right. Because he forgot because he was drunk? Yes. Okay. And he would be sucking off this guy he'd already sucked off. And then he would go, Scotty, he doesn't, he can't come. He can't make him come. And it's like, oh. Raymond, you already sucked that guy off. <sighs> Typical Raymond. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> Scotty also said that he could suck off five guys in a half hour. Ram Ramon. Ramon. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought that was impressive. That is impressive. Very impressive. Um, it's like a assembly line. Yeah. It's just like, come on, one after the other. I can't imagine loving cum that much that you don't want anything. Like, I like it as part of a whole overall experience. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know that I would just want to swallow cum, though, all night long. Right. <laughs> you know? Like well, it's like caviar. It's like you don't just eat caviar. You have it with other yeah, stuff. Exactly. You have it with a toast point. I want, like, a little pancake. <laughs> or a little tartare underneath it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's part of the experience. What a glutton. Total. <laughs> um, this is a fucking disgusting story oh. about Charles Lawton. Another disgusting story about wow. him that we did not report about in our bonus episode. You decide if it's which story is worse. Okay, I will. Okay. Charles Lawton. This is an excerpt from Scotty's book about him. And he was also an actor. I think he's from England. He's an English actor. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Charles, on the, on the other hand, relished it. Many men and women, I might add, who performed oral sex. Oh, what he relished, by the way, is um, he liked guys who were uncircumcised because they developed the smegma, oh, as God it's called. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. A little. Okay. Okay. So that's what he's referring to. <laughs> 
Charles, on the other hand, relished it. Many men and women, I might add, who performed oral sex had developed a liking for the slightly pungent taste of smegma. Many women and men? (laughs) I doubt many women. women. Come on. Come on. Couldn't be me. No. No. I mean, come on. No. Uh, It was like oysters, I suppose. I'm like gritting my teeth right now. A carefully honed or acquired taste. Some people referred to it as cheese. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it really is akin to an aged gorgonzola or roquefort. <laughs> so I thought that, like, Charles, how dare you? This guy w- was so gross. That is disgusting. Like, I'm honestly mad. I hope I can eat blue cheese again. <laughs> <laughs> you won't ruin my cheese plate. How fucking dare you, Charles <laughs> That is disgusting. I can't believe... I'm like, I can't. I almost have to move forward. Okay, we're going to move forward. <laughs> this is... Uh, okay, so... Give me a palate cleanser. All right. We're going to talk about John Carradine. Oh, good. So do you know who John Carradine is? He was He's the, the father of uh, David Carradine. David Carradine. Pete, I guess, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And David, who famously died in 2009 for um, from erotic autoerotic asphyxiation right. in a hotel in Bangkok. Well, daddy was into BDSM too and things of that nature. This is a quote from Scotty's book. He occasionally invited me over to his place, quote, for some fun. And when I arrived, he was always with some young lady or other. The kinky stuff was usually well underway by the time I got there. John was invariably tied up, bound hand and foot, sometimes gagged and submitting himself totally to the whims and to the lady's whims and will. Join in, Scotty, he would yell as the girl, usually wearing high-heeled patent leather boots and a studded leather belt, pulled roughly on the ropes for which John was tied up or flogged him with a stick or fly whisk. Wow. So I thought that was interesting, like father, like son. Yeah, definitely. They're both into it. Jack Ryan, who is most famously known for being the sixth husband of Zsa Zsa Gabor, Oh, God. He was also famous for being a toy designer. He created the image of Barbie. Right. I think I actually had this on my list for um, a bonus episode. Oh. Because some of these stories, you don't realize they're from his book, but they're on other sites, just like kinky people in Hollywood that you didn't know. Right. But it seems like a lot of them are actually from this book. So I did have her husband. Yeah. This is a great story about him. I love this story. So Scotty... One day he goes over to Jack Ryan's home in Bel Air and he brought over a young girl for him because he really liked young girls. That was his thing. And when they arrived, the door was open and there were candles everywhere and a speaker was playing Jack's voice saying, come right in. (laughs) Uh, They made their way throughout the house in search of Jack, walking amongst candles and burning incense. Like he had set up this whole scene. Right. It was this very... Ooh, mysterious. What's going on in the house? It's like a scavenger hunt. They made their way to the bedroom where they heard music playing. When they got there, at the foot of the bed was a large and very ornate casket. The coffin was surrounded by bouquets of flowers and a burning candelabra. It's like (laughs) Phantom of the Opera in here. The young girl that Scotty had brought peered into the casket, and there was Jack, butt-ass naked, jerking off. <laughs> this, according to Scotty, was a signature move Ooh, of Jack's. That's an amazing signature move. It's a really creative one. Yeah. When did, was she, a, do you, did she scream when she opened the coffin? She, I mean, I think I would scream. She did. I mean, she was like, oh, she was very intrigued. Right. So Scott, this made him so horny to spook people like this. Yeah. To sort of freak them out. Like, yeah. to see the looks on their faces. Like, what are, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, I could see that being hot. Right. So, like, he loved surprising his girls. Yeah. Loved. And, and he came almost immediately. When they opened the casket. Right. From yeah. jerking off. So then his other signature move was after he came, he'd go, all right, everyone, let's go to dinner. So that all, he'd take them all out for a really nice dinner. And then <laughs> Oh, I he, thought it was like, lick up my cum. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Time for dinner. <laughs> gobble, gobble. There's toast points in the pantry. You need some caviar? <laughs> so he would take them Ramon out. Ramon would bust at the door. <laughs> Did somebody say come? 
<laughs> so he would take them out for this nice dinner and then he would take the girls back to his place and fuck them. And this particular girl in the story, she said it was like the best sex ever. Oh. She loved it and she wanted more. She wanted, she would wanted to come back for more all the oh, time. Good. Except Jack Ryan only liked fucking girls one or two times because before. you can't surprise them in the coffin more than once right right so he was like very he liked variety yeah. in his women he didn't want to he, he needed to switch it up yeah all the time so yeah i mean that's just a little taste of scotty bauer's book there was a lot more i mean desi he fucked everyone he fucked vivian lee who really he said was uh like really hot but really moody because she she had a lot. She of had a lot illness, of mental yeah. illness. Um, he fucked. Oh God, he fucked everybody. Yeah, he fucked everyone. He fucked. Uh, I think he fucked Mae West too. Well, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel is shocked. I he am fucked, shocked. He fucked Mae West. Can you believe? Can you it? believe? It? No. Wow. Mae West, the famous whore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love her. Um, I'm trying to think like. I mean, I do remember being very repulsed by the shit sandwich. Right. But for some reason, this the schmegma one, it, it it made me sicker. Well, it, the way it's described as if it's acceptable. There were so <laughs> many details in that that I like. I was honestly gritting my teeth because I, I it was like vis- I had a visceral reaction to the idea of it. Is so repulsive to me. And then yeah. the comparison to gorgonzola and just <laughs> the oyster, like a lot of it was just like not not sitting well with me. Yeah. Uh, that's disgusting. It's really Charles gross. Lawton. My God, like, how can I ever? <laughs> Not that I ever watch a lot of media with him in it, but right. But should, now, forget it. Should I ever see a movie with him going forward? It's not going to be a pleasant experience. I'm never going. I'm not going to be able to pay attention to that film because I'm just going to imagine him licking out the schmegma underneath the hood. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's really bad. Cool. I loved it. Did I you like it? Years. Of course. Okay, good. That's like right up my alley. Yeah. And I, you know, like I said before, I wanted a fun episode this week. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> oh, I also forgot to mention about uh, Jack Ryan. They fucked in the coffin too. Oh, nice. Would you fuck in a coffin? Hell yeah. I would I too. I mean, if it's not like it's a used coffin, it's a new coffin. Yeah. It's not like there's bones <laughs> in there. There's only one bone in there. <laughs> Of course I would. I've never had the opportunity. I would do it. I mean, it, I don't think, it doesn't seem like something I want to do, but if the opportunity arose, I would try it. And then right. I'd probably be like, okay, let's move. It's like any awkward sex location. Right. It always sounds fun in the abstract. And then you're doing it. You're like, ah, I'm fine. Like, right. Yeah. Like sex in the shower. Right, right, right. Or in a hot tub or whatever. It's yeah. Just kind of like, oh, it's better God. in theory. Yeah. It's better mm-hmm. in theory. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next next week. week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 